Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below, you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balance. started yep. awesome all right um hey guys welcome back uh before we get started this week uh you guys have made you guys may have noticed online we officially announced our conference and tickets are on sale and johan and jody who you see now are going to be speaking there along with many others uh the information for all that is below secretspaceconference.info uh, that's not until May of next year, but um, get your tickets early because it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're super excited about it. Great lineup. And we we really wanted to like build a case for the secret space program, the reality of it. Um, and uh, so we got whistleblowers, physicists, ex-military, hypnotherapists, um, all the above. And we're going to um, just try and build a case for the secret space program for the people who may not be aware of it. And uh, just to um, keep the information going. Anyway, uh, tonight we're joined by Johan and Jody, and uh, I don't even really know the full story on how you guys found each other. If you guys don't know, Johan is a SSP whistleblower, and Jody herself is as well. So we're going to find out from them how they found each other, and then they have some shared memories from being in the programs together, and then um, individual memories, obviously. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. So nice to be here. Total yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank, thank yeah, you. thank you. Thank you. Um, so, <laughs> so just um, for the people who don't know, um, let us know how you guys found each other and how this all started and how you guys ended up doing what you're doing now. Um, let me start first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> for me, the way this started um ironically was in 2019 for those of you that remember the quantum red pill cafe videos that were out and about on the internet on the inner uh, youtube um it was interesting because ted alexander the guy that was hosting that show he had me on a bunch on that show and uh he made a comment to me during one of the videos he said have you ever found your divine counterpart because all of us were twin in the programs. Have you ever found that person? And I'm thinking, what in the hell is Ted talking about? And um, what happened at one point, I knew that I still have quite a few memories that were still kind of suppressed or blank slated out. And I had been working with my guides and other stuff to kind of bring that stuff to the surface. And what ended up happening was, is as I was doing that, 
Uh, I had one particular memory that kept showing up as a dream. I thought it was a dream, but it was actually a recall uh, of this individual. I was actually on a, a mission. You guys may have, you guys have ever watched my videos. I've talked about 70 Virgis B, the massacre that that was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, that conflict, we both served in that battle. Jody was actually a part of my combat detachment. And the was on the surface that we're actually in by the ring trying to defend the ring area. And um, at one point I got wounded and Jody actually took me to the, the, the this medical uh, site we had. And the part of the memory I recall vividly was laying on this table with this wound on my, on this side of my chest, on my left side, I guess. And her yelling at the doctor you know, either you fix his shit now or I'm going to cap you and find someone who can. <laughs> and she doesn't use explicatives at all, by the way, in, real, in the here and now. But over there, she did. And nice. um, I, in the memory, I went to get out of the bed. Like, I went to roll, like, off the bed, like, off the med bed. And here and now, I literally almost head planted into my nightstand. That's how vivid the, the actual memory was. So, so I actually thought I was there. So the motor control kicked in. I started to come out of the bed. And I literally head planted into my nightstand and hit the floor. Wow. And it was like two days later, when I finally figured out what was going on. I asked Ted, I'm like, dude, what the, you know? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, well, you may have just found your divine counterpart, whoever that person is. Um, I scoured that particular memory for probably almost a month, maybe two months. And the only piece that I remember vividly was the voice. So fast forward to, what was it, 2020, I think, when you and I started chatting. Yeah. So Jody has her own channel called Guided, uh, Helping You Navigate Your Divine Journey. And um, I, I had heard about the show, and she actually was trying to get me to come on the show. And I started listening to some of the material, like the intros and stuff. And when I heard her voice, I'm like, oh, shit, this is the same person. <laughs> like dead nuts on same person and um next thing i know uh we we did a actual like a sort of interview right not really like a taped interview but just her and i chatting. like a zoom chit chat like right. so we would talk about this and what yeah. do you think about this you know nice. yeah. and next thing yeah. you know all of a sudden we're like um we need to have a different sort of discussion and that's where we actually started <laughs> discussing recalls, memories. And we were sort of finishing each other's sentences like, oh yeah, I remember this part of boom, 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 boom. And she was remembering parts of it that I didn't remember. And I remember parts she didn't remember, but they both intertwined together. Oh, wow. It felt like a puzzle piece. And yeah. this is the reason why in the program specifically, they get real twitchy when people have divine counterparts because people that are twinned, they have the ability to unlock the other person. They're the key to that lock, memory-wise. And that's why it becomes kind of a big deal. When you have someone who is like that, the minute that person can unlock that key, all of a sudden, both people start having all these different uh, recalls, memories coming up. Because what happens is, with most of the, the program material, what they try to control is the limbic system. And the limbic system has to do with your emotions and your memory your amygdala mm-hmm. and other parts of the brain. And that technology, that femtotech is designed to essentially interrupt that stuff. So you can't pull it up. 
And because you have someone who you have direct memories with, you hear the voice, you, you for example, you know the smell, you know the voice, you, you know the texture, the way the person feels. Um, all of a sudden, it brings up all that stuff. And there's no way for that femtotech to override all of it. So, yeah, and that's that's the way it started for me. Um, and there were a set of recalls that we had probably, what, four or five that was a drop of that. Oh, yeah. Like he said, you know, it's like a lock and a key. So it's it's like when you unite together, it's just like this flood. It's like yeah. fire hose. Whoa. <laughs> and so yeah. there's a lot that comes with that, though. Yeah. So but on my end of it, so I, I saw, you know, his interviews. But even prior to that, I had seen um, Anthony Zender's interview. On, we're both friends with. Right. And um, he was on... Who show was that? Um, he was on uh, Project Camelot. Yeah, actually, Carrie Cassidy's show. And I was like, "Wait, what is going on? And what did he experience?" And I was just like, "I've had some of those same experiences." Mm-hmm. So I reached out to him because I also wanted him on my show. And I'm like, "Okay, I am not going to say I was in the programs. I don't even want to admit to that. I feel like I would crazy town. Like that's what." <laughs> but yeah. then he's like, "Okay." with what you're talking about though, Jody, like just kind of open your mind and heart to it. The fact that you could be, yeah. and I like, Whoa. So I had to kind of like emotionally, spiritually, all that metabolize that, you know, and kind of sit with that for a while. Cause that was just wild to me. So, you know, Anthony and I were in conversation about a lot of this stuff. And so he kind of like opened that floodgate for me. And then all of these recalls started coming in and I was just like, Oh my gosh. And it just was so palpable for me. And um, I mean, then I started recalling the fact that, you know, back 10 years prior, when I was having this regression session, um, this facilitator was saying, now, wait a second, you're telling me that you see this woman and she's in Paris. And she's like, the way she, the way I was describing it, she's like, I've never had this with a client, but it, that you're, you're describing a parallel life right now. And she's like, you know, does she have a name? I said, yes, it's Victoria. And later, so fast forward, and I was like, oh my gosh, now I know what that was. That was a program recall. I was like delivering documents in Paris um, later on. So Johan and I figured out that it was a mission that we had, did, we had done together. As one of my other alters. And that's yeah. the thing. I actually was physically describing her in the, in the outfit she's in and what she's carrying and why she's carrying it. He like, he filled in the puzzle pieces for me in a lot of ways. So I would start saying something and he'd be like, oh yeah. And you were doing this, this, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically I fast forward, I saw him on red pill, quantum red pill cafe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know this person. I know his voice. Like, why does he seem so familiar? Like I, this is crazy. So I went out on a limb and I'm like, I want him on my show as well. (laughs) So the crazy thing is, is all these recalls started coming. And one of them happened to be where I was in this line of soldiers, basically. Um, We were all in black and he was an officer. And (laughs) I remember we were in line to get these shots in our arm and they were, it was like to upgrade and I remember I didn't want to have it though, for whatever, I think it was like, I was afraid that, um, 
spiritually, it was going to do something to me that I didn't, I didn't want to have happen. I just remember in the recall. So I remember looking at him Mm -hmm. and like telepathically, like looking at his eyes and just saying like, don't make me do this. Like, and so for some reason there was like this resonance and in that recall, he's like, okay. And he grabs my arm and he's like, just come with me and act like you're in trouble basically. And so we go, we like bypass the other guards, the other like commanders. And, um, he puts me in this like holding room and he's like, just stay there. And so he tells, you know, the other officers like, no, I took care of her. Don't worry. And so that was like the first, you know, recall. And then the one that Johan's talking about, um, where we in that battle together, you know, I (laughs) totally let that doctor have it. What's crazy about that though, is I always remember I'm always on his left side and what's weird about that is then on the med bed, I was on his left side. Like I actually went onto the med bed and laid there for a while. Cause I was like freaking out, that I was going to lose him. So there's just like all these things that happen. So in real time, 3d time, um, I, I reached out to him. I told him about some of these recalls. I said, this guy's going to think I'm totally crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, but you know, Hey, I put that out there. We'll see what happens. And um, I didn't hear back from him for like two weeks. I'm like, oh my gosh, he thinks I'm crazy. So I like reached out again. (laughs) Understand understand the level of emails that Ted and I were getting. I mean, we were probably getting close to a thousand emails a week from those. We're talking an insane amount of, of, of emails coming in. And I'm trying to filter through all this stuff. And you guys know how this is. And you get emails to your guys' show, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get some emails are like, okay, this person's real deal. This mm-hmm. person, what the hell are they smoking? <laughs> and, and, oh, and, yeah. And what is this email about? I can't even read whatever language that is. <laughs> so it's, it's like you go yep. through, you filter all this stuff out, and you're like, you're finally like, okay, so what do I do with this, this email? And, and there were like four or five emails I sat on for a long time. Because I, I didn't know what to do with them. And mm-hmm. um, so I reached out again and I'm like, uh, just wanted to follow up. Did you get that email? Like, just tell well, me yes or nay. Yeah. Or, hey, if you think I'm crazy, Ted, just, you know, whatever. Ted's the, that's the one yeah. that's kind of pushing me. He's the one that kept kind of pushing me about this. He's like, he's like, dude, maybe you should check this out and see if she, maybe you triggered somebody. And the minute he said that, I'm like, oh, man. So... And that's, that's the thing that people also don't understand about a lot of these disclosure videos that we do. We inadvertently will wake people up regardless of what they want to be awake or not, whether they want it or not. Yeah. I, I've i seen it happen yeah. multiple times. I mean, that's how it happened for almost all of us. You know, we're not asking for this stuff. Something you see activates something in you and, yep. and then there you go. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going back to the old way. And, and so before we get any further, there's something that I know you've talked about when we, we had a like a Q&A roundtable, Johan, before and talked about, you know, the divine counter- counterparts. But they you talked about how they put you people together as children. Yes. So that you create a bond. And then when you eventually reconnect, I don't know, in this lifetime or even in the programs, is that there's that knowingness there. Yes. Is that is that the case for you guys? Yeah. And what happened, and the thing is, this a lot of these memories showed up for us later on as we started doing more of the internal work, the self-work, trying to get ourselves kind of healed, I guess you could say. Um, one of the things that, one of the first memories I had of that, and my poor, my poor wife, 
Um, she thought I was actually having some sort of epileptic seizure the night I had this particular recall. And I've talked about this recall with Misha Johnson and some others, and they kind of confirmed the baseline facts of what was going on. But the story basically goes that uh, in that particular memory, uh, it first showed up, and this is this is something else people have to understand. Many of the recalls you're going to have have a screen memory first. Do not listen to the screen memories. You have to get past that. Yes, I want to talk about yeah. that also. That was one of my questions, but continue, and then we'll get into that. So my screen memory for this particular recall was these three clowns walking up for some reason. Scared. I, I've never been scared of clowns ever. But in this particular video, I'm watching these three clowns, and I'm just scared to death of them. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why am I scared of clowns for? The very first time that Johan ever showed up in my head where I could actively hear him, he said, do you want to know the truth of what happened to us? And I said, well, yeah. The next night, I had that dream again. And this time I started shaking because he was letting me experience being electrocuted inside of a cage. I see his hand kind of come across the memory. And instead of it being clowns now, now it's three Dracos standing there talking to a bunch of scientists in white suits. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, and at that point, I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like, I'm like a little kid, I'm like six years old in this memory, right? Oh, and wow. as I'm standing there, our, I remember our, they had groups of 20 kids and each 20 had basically 10 pairs in it, 10 command pairs, they called them. And this is where they intertwine you. They, they train you. So some of our first memories as kids was I had another female that they had tried to pair me with and she absolutely was not into it at all. <laughs> and then they bring in Jody and Jody's at this point four on six. Okay. And all the powers that be were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Yeah. These pairs are not working. They're not resonating with each other. And um, what, yeah, they, just... what, what they did was um, they actually tried with us specifically, they tried having us play with toys first to see how in sync they could get us as kids. Mm-hmm. And with Jody and I, what happened, the memory that I told her about was this truck. And we, she actually finished the memory, which is really weird too. But we were playing with these trucks and she would literally drive her truck to wherever my truck was going. She knew instinctively, like, like psychically, where my hand was going to go with the truck and how we were going to play with the truck and what we we're going to do with the truck. So like anticipation and telepath, you know, telepathy. Yeah. Um, Precognition. It's, bunch just, of stuff. It's, it's so crazy. So it's, it's the twinning, you know, effect and what they do mm-hmm. with the pairing. They, they give you an injection, by the way, as they do this to amplify your psychic skills. And as that, as that injection takes hold, what they're hoping is, is that it embeds a certain level of that trauma and trauma bonding with the person you're trying to bond with, right? That's mm-hmm. how twinning really works. Uh, it's a mixture of chemicals and the actual bonding process. Uh, in, our, in our particular process, um, they, they were screening kids to find out how to get them into these command pairs. And uh, the memory I was telling you about where I was being shocked, the whole cage was being electrocuted because we had failed a bunch of tests. And at that point, this, these three Draco walk, and one's a, a white royal, He's talking to um, this guy, uh, Dr. Dr. White, I always talk about, right? Well, Dr. West, sorry, yeah, yeah, Dr. West. He's talking to Dr. West and basically he's asking Dr. West, why is this cage continually failing? Now, what I remember is looking up in the cage, there's a little number identifier in the very top corner of the cage, it says 16. 
So now I knew my cage number. So he keeps saying there's this redhead girl that kept failing. She kept failing the tests. Because there's what, like probably 20 in the cage? Yeah. 20 kids. Mm -hmm. The Draco tells one of the the soldiers to pull this redhead girl out of the cage. They pull her out and she's staying right in front of me. And we're all wearing these weird, like, uh, white, like, undergarments. But they're actually like our suits. And this Draco takes a finger and basically splits her from pelvic area to the top of her forehead. I remember the blood hitting me in the face. And I just freaked out. I freaked out as a kid. Of course. And I remember um, I'm sitting there and uh, I hope you guys can still hear me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good. Um, I remember the blood hitting me in the face. And at that point, as the cage is being electrocuted, she's trying to wake me up. All of a sudden in the bed, like he just starts shaking. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Is he having a seizure? Like, I was just like freaking out. Yeah. And so I'm like, bad. I'm like, babe, babe, are you okay? Oh my gosh, wake up. And he was not waking up. That's what freaks mm-hmm. me up, freaks me out. Like, so I sat up in the bed and I'm just like, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. <laughs> it was almost like this soul to soul communication to I'm like, you need to wake up. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I like turn on the light real quick. And finally he wakes up and then he was just like, what is going on? <laughs> and it, and basically that shaking was in the recall and what he was seeing and going through was he was being electrocuted. The, the cage was being like, you know, yeah, he was being shocked. So that's, that's the very first shared memory we had. And I actually described the girl who I was paired with in this memory. She shows me a four-year-old picture of her. I described her to the T. Really? Everything about really. her, to the T. Yeah, and in that picture, I'm holding my sister's hand, who's like, and she's I, like ten months younger than me. But and, and Johan's like, that's, the, that's way you, the way you would hold my hand. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. So, so this was a recent memory, then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've had it. We've had a bunch of stuff that got triggered off this way, like memories and recalls and stuff, because we're both. We're both trying to do the internal work to help each other get, to get he- some healing and to get some closure, but also to make sure that we're trying to gain full access to what really happened to us out there or up there, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's the thing that people don't really want to do, in my opinion. They want to talk about the trauma they've been through, but they don't want to talk about how they get through it and actually get healed from processing it. Yeah. Right? And, and kind of like QHT. Um, you know, quantum healing hypnosis therapy, as you have these recalls though, from the programs, you can actually figure out how that can help you here in this realm. So like, for instance, you know, Johan had a recall just from last night, was it last night? And basically it was the answer to the root of something that we're going through right now. And it's like, oh, well, that completely makes sense. Yes. Two nights ago. And Okay, well, that's a big hint of how I can clear that, you know. So it's also just real quick to to go kind of like rewind as far as like when I reached out to him and told him about your recalls. He sat on the the email for like two and a half weeks, almost three weeks, finally got back to me. And he's like, okay, let's have a Zoom call. So we have this Zoom call and no joke, like I felt like he was staring at me, (laughs) like like evaluating me like. I thought I was, I thought I was seeing a ghost. I, I really did. <laughs> and and I, it was like you know I don't get unnerved very easily because 
you know, I've been a TV personality. I've interviewed so many people from presidential hopefuls to, you know, just a lot of people. And so because it was so unnerving, I mean, his stare was just like, <laughs> just so like, <laughs> like I literally dropped something so I could like, <laughs> like, you know, like have my divert my attention because I was yeah. like, "What is he seeing? Like, what is going on?" That's only happened with me twice. <laughs> really? With her was wow. the first time. And you guys, if you've watched my videos, you know this guy called Commander Naguma, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, I've actually met him in the here and now. Interesting. Really? And it was interesting because the very first time Peter, the insider, and I were chatting on one of our group calls and this guy comes on the call and Peter starts laughing. He's like, dude, you look like you just crapped your pants or saw a ghost. One of the two. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I think I just did both. Yeah. <laughs> Watching this guy. And I'm, I'm like, dude, you, you look like freaking the Guma minus the goatee and the, and the, you know, the, the Van Dyke dude. And he's like, what? I'm like, and thing is, Peter's like, yeah, he's, he's exactly right. Wow. So, well, we all have those people that we see in in life that we just recognize, like there's that soul recognition. It's really we we just don't know how we know them. Um, Mm -hmm. And but prior to all this information coming out about the programs and stuff, people didn't have a reference point. So you just kind of never figured it out. But you just knew that there was that recognition. Now that this information is coming forward, people can actually start connecting the dots. And to where before we really didn't have availability to this information. So it's interesting. Yeah. So when you look at um, the twinning process again, right, what you'll find is, is there's always what we call corrupted versions of that stuff out in the universe. Yeah. So you've got, you got a twinning process, which we know is it, it's, it's real. It does work. It's happening on a soul level. But the corrupted version of that would be like what you hear when people talk about soulmates. Or I'm so or, glad you read my mind. Or right. <laughs> awesome. uh, or uh, if you hear this thing about uh, what they call uh, twin flames, mm-hmm. yeah. all those things are corrupted versions of that twinning process, mm-hmm. that 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 twinned soul process. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was just going to bring up because um, I've had Allison Co on my show. You've had her several times on your show. She actually did um, a session with me. And at the time I was dating somebody who I thought was my divine counterpart. And the thing is, is like, really? there be like these false <laughs> divine counterparts that you think, you know, or your twin flames or your, like your soulmates. But the thing is, is like, sure. You may need to go through that. You may need to have those experiences to, mm-hmm. to help catapult you to those actual divine counterparts that yeah. are for you. So it's or to learn certain lessons and things, right? Karma and exactly, that, yeah. exactly. So it's really interesting the journey um, taken. It's all. It's also about fine tuning your gut level response too, mm-hmm. because what I've noticed is people who tend to be looking for that particular level of connection, which in my opinion is about as intimate as you can get. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it brings up a lot of stuff that sometimes people don't want to deal with. I mean, for us specifically, I mean. Yes, yes. I, I'm I'm lucky that I, I married the person who is my divine counterpart. But what happens is, is that if you're not doing the internal work, if you're not willing to do the internal work, it can wreak havoc on you once you know who that person is. And that's where you have to kind of play around with the idea of, okay, how do I handle this now that I know this piece of information, right? Mm-hmm. 
Some you may be married to someone right now, and uh, the divine counterpart's married to somebody else, for example, or maybe they don't want, maybe they don't have your particular sexual preference or whatever. The idea is, is that you have to figure out on how, on what level, and in what manner you and that divine counterpart can work out that stuff. And that that's where that interplay comes into play is like, how do you figure out how you do that? Um, because, because, because as you, as you meet this person, as you interact with them in here now, that's where you gain, start gaining insight into yourself and start gaining healing for yourself. So what you're saying is sometimes your divine counterpart may not be somebody that you can marry. Correct. It, okay. Yeah. It might not be, maybe it's not meant to happen in this lifetime. At the but same yeah, time, heard... so you could be with them in a different realm, even though, right. or in yeah. a parallel life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, of course, that could be challenging if you're not able to be with them. In yeah. This yeah. Oh, I mean, I think that is the case for some people, because I know people who actually claim this and, you know, who knows, but um, it's nothing's black or white when it comes down to it, you know? Right. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Aaron? Yeah, I was just saying it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. I've heard matter. people... Yeah, but I've heard people use um, the twin flame term, but describing what you just described and saying it could be uh, your best friend or it could be a parent or it could be your child or, or something. You know, it could be any relationship. It doesn't have to be a, a romantic necessarily. So that lines yeah. up. But what is happening in, the, in each of those dynamics, the question you're being asked is, is how can this other person help you at, at a soul level? How can this person help you do your healing? Right. Mm-hmm. In my respect, I have I have my wife, the person who I am closest to, most intimate with, you know, my best friend, my partner, uh, my lover, all that stuff. And yeah, what ends up happening is is that in in that particular respect, it causes both of us. It brings up all of our insecurities every every thinking time. It brings up insecurities, and what that yeah. is is it's the universe asking you: Do you still really want this insecurity or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically it's basically shining a light on areas where you're still doing the alchemy. Right. You know, you're still do- you're going through the refiner's fire to smooth out those rough edges, and it's beautiful transformation work. And the thing is, is just like, you know, Johan said, it's like, are you really committed to this work? Yeah. <laughs> do you really want to do this? And, and trust me, there, there are days where, uh, okay, so for the sake of transparency, we actually work with therapists. So, um, and we're doing that because we want to get the most out of this healing process. Mm-hmm. And we also want to be the best partner we can for our partner. Exactly. And I was just going to say not only together, but also individually, right? Because, you know, there's stuff from family of origin that, you know, creeps into your adult life and, and it might, you know, seep into other areas. And you're like, wait a second, I thought I cleared that. What the heck, man? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Um, So for example, like today, we we had a a subject come up with one of our therapists who he's freaking awesome, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, Matt's freaking awesome. And when we were chatting with him, the subject came up about some of these insecurities and he was drilling down on me in this particular conversation because he's saying, you know, he's, I really, I'm really feeling for you right now because I really want you to get this idea about how freaking awesome you are. And I've had certain insecurities that have crept up because of some of this stuff that's happened with family of origin. And um, it was tough. It was tough to, 
to work through that, but we did work through that. And that, that's what happens as you do the healing process, you start realizing that the, this, the divine counterpart, in my case, my wife, um, they're actually there to help you. They're there to assist you. They're there to help you grow. They're there to help you emotionally stretch. They're there to help you get your head around who you really are on a soul level. And we also want our clients to know in full transparency, like just because we're helping them along their spiritual journey, that doesn't mean like we're like the end all be all, like, you know, we're like some guru. No, we're facilitating helping them with their journey as well. And I always believe you are your own guru. You're your own authority. We can help facilitate, but we can also shed light on the things that we've gone through and we're still going through because, you know, we're doing the work. We're still doing the work. I think forever we'll be doing work. And I hope everybody else will be doing work because it is a practice, literally, sometimes moment by moment. So when you guys refer to family of origin, that's just a term I'm not really familiar with. So family um, you grew up in. Just, yeah. Okay. That, well, I mean, I, I figured, but it can be biological family, but a lot of times it's the family who raised you, yeah, who, caretakers. Gave, who gave you the behavior they gave you. I got you. Okay. Exactly. The people that were your caretakers helped form. There's this term of Mago mm-hmm. that uh, your image, right? The image, uh, or, or as we found out, there's also a Latin term, which also means echo. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, depending upon who those caretakers were, could have been your grandparents. It could have been your mom and dad, your biological mom and dad, who knows? But those individuals are the people that help shape you to become the person you are. And they're the people that actually are your family of origin. They're the people that created the image of how you view uh, yourself and significant others in relationships. And oftentimes they, you know, they program us, whether they were in the actual programs or not, they help in programming us and giving us those limiting beliefs. And we have to kind of shatter those and be like, uh, no, uh, uh-uh. this is actually my divine self. This is actually what helps me align with the divine creator. And I need to purge all those things that you programmed me with or that the programs programmed me with. And and I think, you know, Johan was touching upon this earlier. And that is, you know, we want to help people not only recognize um, and be aware that, you know, they may have been in the programs, but also help with their healing. Because a lot of people tend to cycle through this drama, trauma and stay in it. And, and, and just kind of like marinate in the fact like, oh, this was my experience. This was my experience in, in the programs and, and really just rehash and rehash rather than, okay, great. You were in that, what does it teach you? but what is it teaching you? And how are you healing that? So that those aspects, those alters, all of that can come home right. and you can reintegrate all of that. Yeah. This is yeah. all extremely helpful stuff. I know, um, probably not the information people were expecting to get out of this episode, but this is actually the most important. It's it's the most most important important stuff because everyone watching this is going to relate on some level that we've all, we're all going through shit right now and it's not easy. I mean, we're in the middle of a world war literally, and it's not just the external events, but it's stuff that's going on individually with our relationships and our family and stuff. And people are struggling right now. And you know, whenever it's not going well here at home and it's not going well out in the world, people are losing hope. So this is good information for people, I think. And thank you guys for doing what you do. Yeah. And and Tyler, to your point, you know, the external is a reflection of the internal. And the thing is, is yeah. it's, it's yeah. this quantum echo that, you know, maybe in our parallel uh, missions or, you know, other missions in certain programs, 
um, maybe certain people are still in their 20 and backs or, you know, still being abducted or still being used. They're feeling those quantum echoes in this realm right now. And so that's where the healing really comes into play and really needs to be done. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, going back to your memories, um, there was a, a particular incident regarding a bus um, that you guys have shared before. And I found that fascinating. Um, I, I caught one of your Facebook lives and I was yeah. wondering if you guys could uh, elaborate on that a little bit. So you kind of filled in the pieces for me. Yeah. She, Jody actually had the initial part of the memory and one of my other alters, Victor, actually was telling me what the other part of the memory was. He's like, what she didn't see was these other pieces. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the way the story kind of breaks down, and we're actually still trying to figure out what the exact location is, by the way, because we looked on maps and stuff, and we kind of, we believe it was probably, we believe it was South America, probably, probably in Venezuela, maybe near Cartagena, but we're not quite sure. Uh, because some of the landmarks don't quite fit, but they do sort of. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially in that particular mission, um, it's weird because Kruger had essentially been tasked by uh, a Russian group who worked for Vladimir Putin to essentially go down and assist with a government issue down in Venezuela. They were acting as emissaries basically for, for Gabriel Kruger. And we... Uh, Victor and Victoria got tasked with going down there to deal with this mess. We call it the mess. And in this particular mission, part of the mess was they had a, an individual who was essentially acting as a political operative for a group against the local government there in Venezuela. And what had happened was, is that we were trying to find the gentleman on the bus her group, Jody had four people, fire team on the bus looking for this individual, trying to locate him, trying to isolate him on the bus, i.e. try to take him out quietly. And Victor, who was a known sniper and a known assassin, was basically, he was, he was waiting. He was given a, what they call a red line. In other words, if that bus makes it to this point, I'm taking the bus out regardless. We had talked this over in the mission briefings. Her people knew. And in her part of the memory, she got to the street right before the red line. See, I didn't know any of this prior to him filling this in. All I, the part of the recall I knew is that I was on the bus with my team. There were a lot of women and children on that bus. And all of a sudden I get this like psychic hit, like, okay. Victor Hittner. <laughs> yeah. You've got to get these women and children off this bus. Like now, now, now. And, and all I knew is that that wasn't part of the plan. So I tell, you know, the rest of my team, we got to get them off the bus now. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, 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 we have to do it now. And they're like, okay, they like, they trusted me. So like, okay, let's get them off. We get them off. And within like seconds, the bus blew up. And so then Johan tells me, well, this is why. Yeah. Victor, basically like the guy who we were trying to hit was still on the bus. He was asleep on the bus actually. And as the bus rolled forward, and all the people got away from the bus, Victor took the shot and actually blew the bus up with a, with a particular type of run car, her frown, into the gas tank. And when it blew up, the her frown basically brought the bus up and shattered the bus and killed the guy on, and the driver on the bus. So when he tells me that, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I get it now. Okay. 
So that was, that was one of the first shared memories we had in terms of like um, what I'll call on, on Earth missions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Would be a way to say Terra it. Mission, yeah. 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 Missions here on Terra. Mm-hmm. So just to help people understand and clarify, you know, you're talking about altars and people, you know, people know you as Johan and then now you're saying Victor. So how would this work in the programs? Is this another timeline? Um, explain this. So people. this is where things are going to get a bit convoluted. So we have to be kind of careful the way we say this, right? Okay. When you, they put you through the trauma training as a kid in Keltra, what they do is they fracture the mind. And essentially, initially as a kid, usually when you're very young, like two to three, you're going to get probably anywhere from six to 12, what they call splinters. Those splinters or fragments become strongs. And those strongs end up becoming the parts of the mind that stay even after everything else is subsumed back into the subconscious. A good way to look at it is like genetic wise, you might think of something as like a dominant and a recessive. Yeah. So you have strongs. You know, alters. You also, versus... some, you also have submissive alters as well. Mm-hmm. Not, not in the term of like, okay, uh, yes, and we'll say something. It's not a BDSM type submissive. Yeah. It, this, this is actually the term submissive in this case refers to the fact that these particular alters aren't. They're not. Um, they're not the type of alter that would go out and do something drastic. They're more passive, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, yeah they're, good point. They're passively yeah. trained. Yes, and. Um, Victor and Johan were both strongs for me. So I am considered the oversoul and they're both splinters or fragments for me. Explain who Victor's like as far as the movie. Um, so, so Peter, the insider and I were chatting about this and I asked him, I said, look, I've got all these weird, like images of him doing like all this weird gun foo and stuff. <laughs> and Peter's like, well, that makes complete sense because the guy who came up with Hitman 47 essentially took information from a file that was based on victor and put that into the game because they, they thought this is just too, too unreal and really? this is they're basically mimicking a kruger asset as a hitman in the game so so hitman 47 is a game yeah also it, a movie it's also some movies okay too. i didn't even know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that is where some of the comments under these videos, people are like, This this is all bullshit. This guy's just re- repeating a storyline from a movie. Like, but oh, this is from this game or this movie. But they don't consider the fact that they got the idea for the game from something that actually happened in a black budget program. Around. And that yeah, somebody yeah. leaked it, like disclosure. Yes. On purpose, actually. That's that's actually so I had an individual he tried this with me as well during one of our videos. And what he didn't realize was, is the movie that he said I was quoting came out nine years after the actual picture was taken. Oh, okay. Really? Thomas Costello pictures came out nine years prior to um, the movie that he was quoting in, in that particular video. And the, the video, the movie themselves reused and re uh, what's the word I want to use re-encapsulated some of the pictures to use them in the actual their video the movie to make a more dramatic scene right yeah and um that being said yes this happens a lot so what you'll see is you'll see game designers you'll see movie producers uh movie executives uh writers screenwriters um, actors all kinds of people will be approached by these individuals who are in the programs 
what they do is they see these ideas into the unconscious mind of the collective. And they do this so that you're conditioned to believe when this stuff shows up, is it real? Is it not real? And oh, by the way, you've already seen this. Yeah, exactly. I was just reading, I'm reading a book right now called the Dulce Protocol. It's all about um, information on Dulce in New Mexico base. And there was a movie that was um, created, I forget what year, I don't even know the movie. I don't remember much of it, but either way, this guy like depicted these characters and all of this stuff that ended up, he didn't know that he was a part of the program. He, he thought it were his own, his own imagination. And I forgot like other people later came forward with specific information and he started flipping out because he was like, there's no way like I made this up. And then he realized after some recalls and stuff that he had actually been a part of the program. And it was a good, a good example yeah. of what we're talking about here. Um, the day after Roswell, right? That yeah. book for yeah, those yeah. who have not read it, please go read it. This is an example of how the U.S. military did this in 1947 through 1956. They used they used uh, the Office of, of, of Strategic Intelligence at the OTI and the Office of was it Air Force Intelligence, I believe, to basically take this material from the Roswell crash. They put it into the hands of civilian labs and, and uh, schools, by the way, and said, recreate this technology using what we have here. All of a sudden, we now have night vision, fiber optics, lasers, semiconductors, and all kinds of craziness. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, like, I understand, we understand how this works, you know, but the skeptics out there, they like to flip it. And that's why it's worth breaking down and actually analyzing this stuff because, um, like, the video games, for one, like, um, even Call of Duty, I think, and uh, whatever game you you've mentioned before that actually depicts Kruger and shows their logo. Um, what game was that? Um, that is Mirror, called Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge, Edge yeah. Yeah. Edge Edge. Yes. Yeah. I mean. So yeah, I mean, you've also got people that have studied this stuff in depth. Uh, one guy, uh, Fritz Springmeier, he wrote a book about this, uh, how, to, how to create a program to eliminate a slave. Um, now he took it from a much more, what I would call a much more Christian stance, which is kind of weird to say that in terms of the programs because any religion can be used as a cover or screen memory. And you know he's taking it from that stance. So it's kind of weird. Um, the other guy that I was just there trying to think of what his name was, um, there's another gentleman too that also wrote a book about this as well, which I have to get back with you on that title, but these two books that came out, essentially, these guys went through the whole programming sequence. You know, how does it happen? How do they do it? What, what does the trauma look like? What, what do the cycles look like? What do the constructs look like? Who can do it? Who can't do it? Um, and, of course, um, if you're people like us who've been in these programs, when we start reading this material, um, we start noticing, like, these weird little similarities that start showing up everywhere, like, why does this one particular person always use these certain words? Or like in the interview that Jody did, she had this guy from France call in. And he started using some of the keywords on the three people on the call. It was crazy. Really? Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and those are activation words. Yeah, they were activation <laughs> words from that book. Yeah. So did he know, he, was he intentionally doing it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. we had, so the producer just shut him down. Yeah. The host was like, no, no, no. 
we're going to have the producer shut it down. Cause she knew exactly what he was trying to do as well. Yeah. So oh, really? very bizarre. <laughs> so, I mean, it take, I'm actually impressed that she knew, I mean, how that's not common knowledge, I guess. We were all, we were all super soldiers. Okay. So she was yeah. also, he was aware. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, so there, I guess, buzzwords for lack of a better term. <laughs> for me. And yeah. then you guys see these as like a red flag or, okay. Yeah. Well, when they're used, when they're used in that combination, yes. It'd be one thing if we walked in, we said, you know, blue bananas, right? Which is not a keyword at all, but let's, let's say it is in the programs, for example, right? If I walked in and just said blue bananas out of nowhere, that would be one thing. But when I use that with six other words, which in this case, the guy used a, a continual set of 12 words, all programmed keywords, that, that's like mathematically beyond coincidence. Mm -hmm. yeah. Speaking of which, this is so weird. Um, so Johan was explaining this to me one night. We were coming back from a long drive and all of a sudden, just hearing about this activated something in me and I just started going off. I was like, blah, 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 blah. And like, you look at me like, what? And so we wrote it down because I'm like, what does this mean? And it, we found out it was an activation code. Yeah, and it just was codes. like, it was just like a download. Like all of a sudden it just like came to me and I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> Figure to download and you, yeah. And I'm like, why am I suddenly just getting this download of this, this code? So it was obviously embedded in me right. and it just had resurfaced. So we figured out what it meant and, and all that. So it's crazy. <laughs> so going, going back to the screen memories, um, how, because there's right now in particular, you know, this, there are thousands of people coming forward with experiences and memories and whatever the case might be. And, you know, how do you distinguish between a screen memory, a real memory? What is an actual recall? What is not a, what is not an actual recall? Um, I know people are wanting to know this stuff, including myself. So to, to split up the recall question first. A lot of times when you hear people talk about ego getting involved, you know, when you hear people paint themselves as like this Superman kind of character in the story, uh, you can almost guarantee that's crap uh, because that's just not the way it works. Um, you know, I've even had some memories that I've even questioned. Ted and I have talked about this ad nauseum on the Quantum Red Pill videos. Um, I had one that I really questioned. Like, I was like, this can't be real. And then one day, Peter and I were just chatting about it, and it was a mission we did in Syria. And um, Peter and I served in the same fire team. So that's how Peter, the insider, and I know each other. And as we were chatting, he's like, he's like, we have to talk about this for a minute. And he starts like going through this, like this whole rendition of what happened. And then he gets this part where I actually, this is the part of the memory I actually remembered. And he starts talking about it. He goes, that was the coolest thing and the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life all at the same time. <laughs> and it was basically um, me creating the shield effect and stopping all these bolts from coming in. And Peter was like, Peter was like, dude, you should not have done that in front of the, in front of the civvies. They, they, they saw you. And the fact he is. talks about that on our show, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You've brought yeah. this up before, but. But that's a prime example where I didn't believe the memory at all. I thought it was complete and utter crap. And Peter's talking about it, and he said it the exact same way. And all of a sudden, it's like, 
okay, so he saw the same thing I saw, and that means it can't be crap. Yeah. The collaboration being one of them, if right. anybody else, you yeah. know, can so, fill in the blanks. And and then you talked about, like, if you smell. Sleep. Okay, so this is on screen memories, right? So let's talk about this for a minute. The big biggest indicator that I've found for screen memories where they tend to be false is when they're missing something, that a typical sense that you typically are very strong in. So, for example, let's say... For example, you touch something and you, you're not, you don't have any tactile senses coming back from your fingers, right? Or let's say you're in a dream and for some reason you can't smell anything. Or let's say the, the visual stuff looks too, too, almost like you're watching like a, a new remake of Star Trek or something. You know, they have all, all the chroma glares and the chroma bursts and all that. Again, yeah. not real. Something um, that's off about it, basically. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like you, the audio for some reason you, you can't hear the audio or the, or the audio is really super muffled or changed, mm -hmm. right? Also, so have you seen, if there's the movie, if any of you have seen Bloodshot, oh yeah, there's a simulation in there where um, they're doing a simulation over and over and over again. Well, the main character he thinks it's for real, and oftentimes they do this in the programs where yeah. they'll do simulations, but we think it's real. Now, what gives it away, though, that it's assimilation is on the table. What is it? A gun there. And then in the next one, there's not a gun. Right. But he goes to grab it and he's like, wait a minute. It's not there. So a way to kind of delineate between the, the it being memory. assimilation versus, you know, something in this, real. In that particular case, the muscle memory was stronger than his brain being wiped from the actual memory that they try to put, plug into his brain. I mean, the screen. Uh -huh. So. Now, a screen memory, essentially, the way you're describing it is more of like actually watching a screen, like a movie, and you, you don't have the senses. It's not tangible. And right. so that's a good indicator. A lot, of, a lot of times when you're getting blank slated, they will put screen memories in place to block any sort of recall from ever happening. Um, I had three different screen memories put into place. The lady who did my PHR sessions, Connie, when she was working with me, she had to pull those screeners out. She had to basically delete them. And when she popped the last one, that's when all this other stuff started pouring out. And um, that's what happens a lot of times with people. They'll have that one memory that once they pull it out, they find it's false. All of a sudden they realize, well, okay, then that means this other stuff, well, what about it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some little piece of information in each of those memories that kind of links that kind of links in the chain. Yeah. So, so screen memories for me also, um, they utilize like family members or friends. Um, and when or, I go or, or things you're familiar with, things that you're let's say that you have a particular phobia, they may use that phobia in the screen memory. That way, you're scared of actually having the memory. Yeah. So it'll block some piece of information that they don't want you to access. Um, or even so, like like Johan was saying about the clowns, he's never been afraid of clowns, but all of a sudden he was afraid of clowns. So an example of this, um, I knew of a gentleman who was having um, he was having some beta programming issues, right? What we call beta programming problems. Mm -hmm. The actual screen memory that was blocking him from actually working through it was he's scared to death of mice. And they were using this picture of a gray mouse in the memory Every time he tried to pull up this piece of information, this gray mouse image showed up and it, he would literally have like a, go to like a catatonic state for like a minute and a half. And this is how they, this is how they do it. They find out what your fears are and they use that to make sure that you can't, you can't get around it. 
So mm-hmm. you basically have to go through it. And that's, that's where working with someone who's a good therapist or, for example, we're getting our QHST certifications. For somebody nice. who, who does that sort of work, or let's say you're someone who's a hypnotherapist or someone who's a psychologist, psychiatric specialist, any of these people can help you do that work. But you have to have someone who's willing to help you go through the process of getting through it. Or even go back to, like, for instance, I've had um, a traumatic incident in childhood, a couple of them, where when I went back and actually looked Mm -hmm. deeper into them, I saw that there were actually Draco uh, near, like, for instance, my mom. Because I was like, why would my mom do this? You know, and it wasn't actually her. It was like a, a Draco being that kind of almost like slipped and near her into her <laughs> interestingly enough again this is where having your divine counterpart in place comes into play because with us uh johan was the one who actually was talking to victoria her altar saying this is what actually happened yeah. and when he activated that memory all of a sudden she was like oh wait a minute yeah so yeah so I guess the biggest thing is sometimes, you know, if you have a QHHT session or something comes through, um, I wonder sometimes, and I know this is, we, we actually just covered this in the last episode as well, but how do you know, sometimes it's not just your imagination. Like, how do you know you're not just making something up? Um, and I, it's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It's just confusing to me because there's certain things that have come through on my end that, if it's true, it's, it's profound, but I, I stop myself all the time. Like I'm, I can't, I can't go and share this publicly because I don't actually know. Uh, and I'm like, did I make that up or was it real? Do I just have to trust myself with this information? I think repetition too. Like I noticed that throughout life when I've had either repetitive dreams or repetitive feelings about it, yeah. or it keeps resurfacing some, somehow. Yeah. Um, whether it's either in a dream or an experience or certain people come into your life and they start talking to you about that, that certain subject, you're like, oh my gosh, really again, or, you know, or they'll use a phrase, a word or a sentence that's in that particular thought pattern, that thought stream mm-hmm. it immediately brings that stuff right to the surface. And you're like, you've got, and I've actually, like said, you can't make that up. I've, yeah. I've literally said this to Jody a few times where I'll say, a, a, you can't make this stuff up or B. I'll be like, I'll literally look at the ceiling and be like, really? Because it's, it's like spirit universe, divine creator, basically putting it right in your lap yeah, saying, you can't ignore it. You can't, you can't ignore this anymore. And that's, I'm, I'm actually just like realizing this as we're talking, but there is a particular thing that I, it's not only has it come through, but I constantly think about it. And maybe that's a sign that it's possibly real. Yeah, um, yeah. The fact that like it literally is like what I, I think about it, even when I'm not trying to think about it. Yeah. Like, so I also do shamanic journeys for um, our clients as well when they have certain questions. Um, one exercise I did when I was in training um, for, you know, shamanic studies is they asked us to partner up and they said, um, you know, ask somebody a question where they've had a dream over and over again and find out what that is, you know. Well, I actually looked into a dream that I kept having. Now, when I was little, I was probably, I don't know, five or six, I kept having this recurring dream that I was on this ship at sea and there were these like pirates who kept like saying, okay, you need to choose. It was like this, just this shit full of people. You need to choose who, who gets killed or who walks the plank and then gets killed. Right. 
And it was like, these pirates had swords and it was like, I was mortified. Right. So it would get down to finally like my own family. And then it would be like, finally my parent, it was just so crazy. And so I'm like, something's to this. Well, I realized it was a screen memory because they didn't want me to access the actual information. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you, you, there's really layers to this sure. and there's something real to it. So, yeah. I mean, I have, I have a lot of people have that. I have that dream, that recurring dream from when I was around five, you know, that it was, a, it was the worst nightmare ever. And it would happen a lot. And I'm real. That's the information that's coming through about what might've happened then. But um, that's for another time. It just, I just want, I don't want people to understand it. What is what, because I know everyone's having stuff come through right now. And um, yeah. So the reason why that's happening is that if you look at our planet, essentially we have two divergent timelines and people are being asked to choose which one do you wish to be on? One timeline is the 3d timeline. One timeline is the 4d timeline. And these two timelines, essentially, uh, for all intents and purposes, it's essentially forcing humanity to determine, do you want to be in fear or ego, or do you want to be in love? Love being the 4D feeling, ego being 3D, right? Many of the powers that be that we've talked about in our videos, and you guys have talked about in your videos, those powers that be, that they do not want us stepping into our 4D power. Because as we do, we start becoming more Christ-like. We start becoming more like our divine creator. And if we step into that power, we actually at some point can overtake the people who are trying to keep us down. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I've used yeah. I've used I've used the statement a lot when people say, Well, how could you guys work with the Draco when you're doing these missions and stuff? And I keep using the phrase, Well, prisoners work with the wardens and the and the jail keepers, don't they? And it's not like we really had a choice. Right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, but I, to, to, to Johan's point, though, you know, those things are resurfacing for, for you, for so many yeah. people, because we're trying to purge those things that don't serve us. We're trying to get back to our divinity, align with divine creator so that we can ascend to those higher densities. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And they know they know us better than we know ourselves and they know our weaknesses. They know where we're vulnerable. And it might not be, uh, it, it could just be a feeling that they give us. Like there could be entity attachments and stuff that actually will uh, they almost disable you in a way. And they, they won't let you get into that hard space or, they, or they'll always be tempting you with something that they know a toxic habit that you used to have. There's, they're tricky and it could look a number, it could look like a number of things for each person. It's different. So it's just another aspect, like be, be aware, like some things happening in your life right now might not, you know, be necessarily you, it could be a force trying to stop you. Yeah. Yeah. We're smiling at each other. Yeah. Because we do etheric attachment removals for, yeah. for our clients. And we also, again, we just bring up the practice, like sometimes it's moment by moment. And we have to ask ourselves, like, is this my energy or is this something else? You know, is this exactly. an or is this like, is this somebody trying to get in my way or is this me getting in my own way? You know? <laughs> so it's yeah. like, Or why am I having this thought? You know, right. Is this yeah. my thought? And sometimes it's not your thought. And then that's where you have to like, know your power. I'm like, no, I do not consent. I know this yes. isn't my thought. And, but we have to remember to do that. And 
as soon as we let our guard down, they're not dumb. They, they come right back, you know. And what you'll see a lot of times, too, is that if they know that the etheric attachments aren't working, if they know that the entrainment, which is what you're talking about, that pattern where memories, thoughts, and feelings are being essentially pushed onto us by the entertainment business, the news business, whatever you want to call it, as if that entrainment gets broken, that, that's when they activate the other programming portions. So, for example, you, you may see, for example, beta programming show up, right? Once someone's got past that, all of a sudden they start wearing these weird leopard prints all the time and they start using using sexually provocative clothing and they start, you know, acting in a certain way that, you know, certain words might get thrown around in a room that's not appropriate. The reason why is because that beta programming is 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 designed to do that. It's designed to mm-hmm. lure people with with you know the the male or female wares, right? Mm-hmm. And this can happen on multiple levels. All these different programming layers can be activated by these individuals. Um, I've said this before. We talked about Operation Slithering Snake at the MGM Hotel in Las Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. You guys remember when that went down, right? Well, that was an asset that went awry or was triggered by the CIA to do that particular job. There's no other reason yeah. why that happened the way it did. I've said, I have said this till I'm blue in the face and I will stick my, to my guns on this one. It, it was an actual CIA hit job. I have contacts oh, yeah. with DOD uh, and um, I, I talked to them about this and because I, I had a spiritual download about how that went down yeah. and I discussed that with them and they they would just deny it because they're they're in on the misinformation um, well, basically they, agenda. They also, well, they also don't want the culpability exactly. slash liability of exactly. saying yes, we did that. Yeah, And you said yeah. you had you contacts in the DOD, is that what yeah. you said? Okay. Right, right. Yeah, they're never going to admit. Nope, nope. That, yeah. and, and even when I said, look, I already know, you know, we have bases on Mars. We have all this going on up there already. And they're like, what? Well, they're now coming out and saying that themselves. It's just like, you guys are just too much. Yeah. <laughs> You're just too much. Sometimes I wonder if the information is so compartmentalized that some of the people actually don't know and they believe the information they're that's being awesome. handed you know that's true that's, that's yeah. also the case. before he actually said this right when he first came out he talked about the fact that you have groups who believe they're the dark tip of the spear and they're not mm-hmm. they're right. the top yeah yeah, yeah. And, then, and then all of a sudden they see groups like you know nwr what we call knockwaffen or dark fleet and all of a sudden they get really pissed off because they realize they're not the, the dark tip of spear NWR is, right? Yeah. Um, that, that's where those kind of conversations come into play. And the fact is, 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 it's exactly what you said, Tyler, about the compartmentalized information, right? You know, when you have people who've never served in those particular programs talking shit about them, it really makes me scratch my head because I'm kind of going, well, how did you know that when you said you've never been a part of that? Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. it makes you wonder why they're just why they're, why they're casting those comments out into the world, right? They know they have an audience and they're saying this stuff because they know they can get away with it. Like we know that there's a CIA asset who is totally in on the misinformation bandwagon. Yeah. And he has harassed us and so many others um, in the disclosure movement, yeah. like nobody's business. And it's just, it's crazy because we see right through it. And, you know, we've done research on it. Johan has researched the fact that he just, he has a crazy record himself. And I mean, his credibility is just in the tank. (laughs) So, but he's getting paid by somebody else to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
there's a bunch of those out there. Yeah. Uh, um, it's too bad we can't share names. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, we, we have a few. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 that individual, we definitely, I've done background research on this individual because I want to know who he was. I used to work as a private investigator. So I started digging up all this crap and I want to find out who is this individual? Who is he and why is he being used the way he is? And the minute, okay. I, found, the minute I found this information out, I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense now. Yeah. I think I have an idea. We'll save that for off camera. <laughs> um, so, okay, right now, so all these programs, all these people coming forward, they're, they're adults, they're older people, right, who have done their time, they're 20 and back, and they're now coming forward, um, whistleblowing, whatever the case is. Um, we, we hear about this earth liberation, these bases being cleared out, maybe p- potentially the, the moon and the Mars being li- or moon and Mars being liberated. If that's the case, do you think these programs are still continuing? Um, do you think they're still recruiting children like this and bringing them into the programs under slave conditions? Or do you think um, it's not happening that much anymore because of the... It's not. Ted and I have chatted about this. Um, there was a directive given back when he and I were both in the programs actively. And originally they were, uh, they were abducting millions and millions of children a year. And that tape, they, that's, we're down to like 1% of that now. So good. And, All the kids on the milk cartons in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. The, re- the reason why they tapered that down so far is because uh, of what happened on Mars. They, they knew that if they were going to disclose these programs out to the public at some point, they had to move all the, the slave and cloning facilities off Mars because they knew at some point when NASA lands there and they find these facilities, they're going to be like, um, yeah, what is this? <laughs> hey, right. hey, hey, Bob, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So what, that, that's where 70 Burgess B came into play. They moved all of that stuff out of system, the 70 Virgis B, because they wanted to make sure that they could still do these exchanges, but not inside the solar system anymore. So it's just not, it's not happening as much as. However, there are still active missions and there are people who are still doing work and they're still abducted to do missions. I mean, you know, we do, uh, a service called um, Secret Space P- Program Information Access. And so like Johan will utilize his alters to access information for them. Number one, to let them know if they were in the programs or not. Number two, some of them are still at very active, some of their alters. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And just so we're clear, by the way, um, I actually, people ask, well, are your alters still currently being used in the programs? That question has came up to me numerous times. And I actually had, was questioning that up until about a week ago. Oh, wow. And what happened was um, we have ring security cameras in our, in our, <laughs> oh, yeah, in our, where we're currently staying. This is crazy, guys. Uh, yeah, this is hold on this, to your seats. This is, this is like, this is like a, a <laughs> yeah. Thing, right? um, we actually had video of me stepping through the frame. Now, here's the thing, right? If you look in the bottom right hand corner, it shows. You know, the, the timestamp, the minutes and seconds, right? Mm-hmm. That continues to flow through the video the whole time. The background's completely the same. But what you see in the video is you see me stepping halfway through the frame and then I just disappear. Really? Really? And the thing is, 
I don't remember walking through the frame. He doesn't even remember what he was doing. Like, first of all, you see him just looking down. He looks like he's in a complete daze. And he's just like walking with his head down. He doesn't normally walk like that, by the way. He's just like walking with his head down. Then all of a sudden he disappears, reappears. And it's like, wait, what? Like seconds? Like Like, seconds later? Like barely even a second, right? Like a couple seconds? I don't show show back up in the video. And that's (laughs) Oh, really? So where my memory came back was me sitting down in a chair. <laughs> really? Now the, so this footage was recorded at what time? Overnight? During the day. It was okay. during the day. Uh, again, it was via a ring security camera system recorded to their web servers, which is an Amazon cloud service. Mm-hmm. Now, and- a couple of days before, or maybe even a day before, he was doing a particular mission. And he was also on a walk where a couple guys in white vans were actually kind of monitoring him. Then all of a sudden this happens on the ring camera. I thought, I thought, I thought the white van stuff was kind of weird. I thought this can't be what this is. Right. Mm-hmm. And then of course, mm-hmm. literally like a day or two later, this video shows up where I'm like poofed. And um, I'm like, what the hell just happened? And, and the thing is, I didn't even see the video, by the way. I didn't even know the video existed until my sister walked in and she was freaked out looking at the video. She's not one who even necessarily believes in the programs. She just brought it to his attention. What the F is this? She literally walked in. She was shaking, shaking, showing me the video. She goes, she looks at me. She goes, explain this to me. Wow. Yeah. Like like she's like losing her shit. And she's like, she's like, explain this to me, please. You know, I wonder what would happen if I had, like some sort of camera set up like while I sleep or whatever, because the experiences I've had and other things uh, in a way, I'm actually scared because I don't even know that I would want to see if something happened, you know, and it also, I remember in Corey's original testimony, he tried setting up cameras and nothing happened. You said that the cameras always malfunction or the battery would die or, or, or the, they, or, or they just wouldn't show up. They they, the camera. exactly so i i wonder if you you're you're better off not messing with it but obviously yours is for a different reason you're just just a security system not to capture something right but um that's super interesting so then i guess that tells you that yeah you are still currently active well and the thing is is i talked to peter maybe uh two days after that and Peter's like, oh, hey, by the way, I activated your asset to use them on this particular mission. You may have some recalls from this, so don't worry about it. <laughs> really? That's so wild. Like, yeah. I'm like, uh, thanks, I think. <laughs> and then I, then, I, then I started having the recall from the mission, maybe a day or two after that. And all of a sudden he calls me up and he's like, he's like okay, we need to do a debriefing on this because I need to know what you remember. And I started telling him what I remembered. And he's like, he's like, oh, you remember that, do you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, <laughs> the blank sling doesn't work on you very well anymore. I'm like, nope. That's, this is why disclosure seems so impossible to the masses. Because to, in order for somebody to comprehend any of this stuff who is totally unaware um, there's denial. There's going to be denial. It's so fantastical sometimes that there's, it just won't, people won't comprehend well, it. It's so far outside of the programming that we're all programmed with of what reality is, who exactly. are everything. 
everything. So you almost, it's almost like people have to be deprogrammed first, whether they do it in themselves or, you know, they get help, but like, well, and that's what there's all these walls up to this kind of information that, Oh, this is, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. This is impossible. Like, and that's exactly what happened this to me. Possibly be true. When, I, when I worked with Connie, that's exactly what happened to me. She literally had to mm -hmm. deprogram me first mentally. Yeah. And then she had to go in and actually fix what was screwed up to a certain degree. And then she had to allow me to actually allow my brain, my subconscious to actually allow this stuff to come back to the surface again. What's that saying? When the student is ready, the teacher will come. Right. You know, and so it's like, yeah. you know, I feel like there's certain movies, um, you know, there's certain documented, there's are things out there where there's not only soft disclosure, but then there's also hard disclosure. I mean, even that movie Tenet that was out recently in Bloodshot, I mean, those movies have some pretty hard disclosure in them. Yes. I mean, I had one of my recalls confirmed through watching the first part of Tenet. I was just like, wait, what? Wow. Okay. Really? That's building the gap. I love to see that movie. Yeah. That's I just good. wrote those down. It's good. Um, I just wrote those down because yeah, some of these movies I know for a fact, um, Tenet, like what you see with Tenet specifically is it's a mixture of ICC temporal operations and Kruger. And that's, that's what you see really? in that movie. And, um, ICC temporal ops, their job is to essentially monitor, maintain and protect timelines. So are you guys aware of the movie to tomorrow war? That just recently came out. Did you have you seen that? I yeah, haven't seen I have, it. I, I, have seen it. I have seen it. So, I, do you this think that a, that does a pretty good that. job at depicting? Um, oh, Aaron's froze. Uh, and it, there he is. Do you think that does a pretty good job at depicting like so it like a twenty and back, but it, they do it in like seven days, right? Like they they're taken out and they go seven, seven days, days and then they come back. Um, like to me, that's a form of disclosure, but they're only instead of 20 years, they're, they're gone for seven days to do a mission. Right. Do you think that depicts it pretty well? No mind wipes or anything. So, uh, beyond the actual technology that takes them there, I mean, if you remove that technology for a minute, yes. Um, that's technically the guys, the alters that are used in those programs, they're highly trained. They take, they take kids when they're like two, three, four, five years old. And by the time they're 18, they've got, you know, anywhere from, you know, 12 to almost 18 years of programming. So, I mean, you know, 16 years of programming, right? Mm -hmm. So they've got all this programming. Essentially, they're hardened soldiers by the time they're 18. What, what they do is they wait until you're 21 to actually activate the asset and use it. Because legally, they're required by it. By, a soul level agreement and by a legal agreement to not do that before then. And what happens is that movie talks about this idea of um, who and how you can interface with people over there, right? Mm -hmm. The quantum echo portion of that is highly accurate because in that movie, you see that the protagonist, he actually talks to this, this, uh, she's a colonel, right? The colonel he talks to, yeah, ends up being his daughter. Yeah. 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 And that's, that, that's exactly the type of quantum entanglement stuff we see showing up here when we come back. Yeah. And that actually, that part resonated with me because it, it kind of tripped me out, but it made sense because we, we listen to you guys all the time, all these whistle, meaning whistleblowers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is kind of exactly what I would imagine would happen. Um, 
had it been, you know, if it were to happen. Uh, so anyway, I just, I just think it's interesting because like there's tons, like the technology, like you said in that movie, that's like obviously ridiculous. Like they would never send anybody and just drop them out of the sky or whatever, you know, but maybe they well, would. Also with that movie to me, because the temporal thing, because they, they um, realized because they were like, we never ship come disappeared one day and then they realized their ship was buried under the ice in like russia or something um so like basically they're 50 years back in time and then they go take them take out the ship or take them out then and that wins the war so it's almost like they disclose the temporal war that's i believe is currently happening as well yeah where I, like you know and you're breaking up there is you know the war is temporal you're breaking up a little bit there and oh, just sorry just FYI. but i think like we got what you're saying it depicts like the temporal war which is actually what's going on right now yeah um which i'm actually curious yeah, yeah. i'm actually curious to know like what your guys thoughts are on this like galactic war that, that's taking place right now um we hear all kinds of information coming through about you know the dracos are almost defeated and there's still a battle going on it's not they haven't been quite taken out yet like what are your thoughts on that so basically um in august i was just gonna bring up the treaty yeah in august the treaty that we had with the draco expired on the 2nd of august was that the desert accord treaty the or no This was an, a, an actual accord that was struck between humans and the Draco in terms of use of Antarctica back with the uh, the, the Germans, the Anar- Antarctic Germans, right? Okay. The NAZIs, right? Is that um, why they're all fleeing Antarctica? Of course, right they freezes up at that point, right? So, <laughs> um, oh. any. Well, hang on a sec. Let me slow you down just because we're all freezing up here all of a sudden. So, Aaron asked, is that why everybody, all these nations were fleeing to Antarctica recently? Yes. Okay. The reason why that was happening was because when they uncovered the um, the group that's down there, and, and again, CG talks about this in his video, and a lot of others have too. This group essentially was fleeing uh, destruction when Maldek got destroyed, which is now our asteroid belt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they came to Antarctica. They crash landed there, cannibalized their craft, and in turn started cannibalizing us as a species too, right? Um, the secondary part of that is the part that's less talked about, and that's where you had these Draco who later followed on behind them, took over their facilities, took over the base, and at some point when uh, Base 211, uh, New Schwabenland, was formed by the Germans, they ran directly into the Draco. They were told by the Lyrans where to find these Draco. And that was a that technology that they were given was actually tested there as it was tested in Germany. And they eventually left from the Schwabenland base to 11 to go to what's now the LOC. And this is where you have like your third Reich in Germany, fourth Reich in Antarctica, fifth Reich at the moon. So. And you're seeing quantum echoes here going on right now. I mean, you know, with, Ida, Hurricane Ida, you know, all that, um, the destruction that is happening, the flooding, but then you also have the stuff going on with, you know, the Taliban and Afghanistan. 
So just all this chaos going on, it's going on on multiple layers. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, a few things like I, I always wonder like the stuff that happens in the Middle East or, or is this all cover for like a space battle or yes. Um, like, <laughs> I mean, I think in the past it's been pretty clear, but this time around, I wonder if it's the same thing. Like they, there's something going on there regardless, but they have to give it a false narrative. So they create all this activity right there in the same area. So it's not even like they're diverting your attention away. They're just giving and creating an excuse for what's really happening. A distraction. A, a distraction. Yeah. 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 So and then you say in August, this treaty or this accord or whatever um, ended. It ended. So, it, was, it was not renewed. So what does that mean for us moving forward then? So, for example, um, let's look at New Schwabenland and let's look at base 211 and the LOC, right? Yeah. All these locations were essentially um, Draco controlled, Draco owned. Well, what happened was, is that you had Earth Alliance, the Earth. So you have, okay, so let's, we need to talk about this for a minute. There's what's called Unified Alliance Command, UAC, right? The Alliance essentially is split from two main factions. You have Earth and Space Alliance, right? Earth mm-hmm. Alliance specifically focuses on Terra and the Moon, or Space Alliance focuses outside the asteroid belt primarily, you know, out toward the Oort cloud. Um, and Earth Alliance tends to focus inside the asteroid belt, primarily around Earth and Moon. Earth Alliance essentially was brought in and they were used to eliminate many of the Draco that were down at this base. We're talking like over 2 million Draco plus that were at this base. Some did survive, some did escape, but uh, it was essentially a wholesale massacre at, at the bases that were down there. The reason why this was done was because once that uh, treaty ran out, Earth forces wanted to make sure that Draco could not get a foothold there, legally speaking. If we removed the occupants from there, we would essentially evicted them from Earth, right, uh, by force. And that's essentially what they tried to do. Now, what happened was is these Draco flee to the LOC, and while they were there, that's when they started negotiating with the Terrans. And there's, there's a lot of speculation as to what happened at the LOC. I haven't heard anything yet in terms of what happened, but I know what happened on Earth. I know there was a major strike. Uh, Earth Alliance brought in ships. They brought in uh, teams, and they hit that area really hard. And they wiped out a, a large percentage of the Draco that were down there. That's, I mean, that's great news. And that lines up with what we've been hearing. And it makes sense. Um, and we've even heard like some of the actual uh, Nazis that were still there, the Germans. Uh, well, they, they're only referred to as German speaking people, but they were leaving to Argentina, which would make sense because that would be, that's where we, line. yeah. 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 We know that's where they also once had a stronghold and bases. I don't know now, I don't know what's going on there now, but um it just, it, it's all good news, even though things look horrific right now on the surface and nobody knows what the hell's going on. It's confusing. Um, I well, think. Imagine, imagine if you were members of the cabal, this cabal, right? Quote unquote cabal. Yeah. <clears throat> imagine if you were someone who is used to having all kinds of power because you aligned yourself with this particular ET species. And all of a sudden this ET species is now not barking orders at you. Essentially, the dog has no master at this point. 
Yeah. Interesting. That's, exa- that's exactly what we see happening is these, these individuals, for example, look at Jeffrey Epstein, right? He's a prime example of what we're talking about. He was a handler for many of these high profile people in Hollywood and politics and royalty. Um, and because of who he was, it was speculated that he was part of this inside cabal group trying to keep the reins on these people by keeping leverage on them. And he was one of the people that they were, they were trying to silence because if he spoke about what he knew and who he was connected to and why it would blow the lid off all of that stuff too soon. Yeah. People like, just grasping for, for the power that they have left. Right. So, you know, there's, yeah. this is not over. Um, you know, you have earth Alliance that's going to be helping leaders at least those who understand that um, this all needs to be cleaned up and the leaders who are on the light side. And there is going to be a battle in the future from what I've journeyed and seen and what Will has channeled. Mm -hmm. So this isn't over and we just need to hold on tight, do our inner work. And, you know, but Earth Alliance is going to help and they're going to activate some assets. Well, and that's the overall message from everyone right now. It's like, guys, it's not getting better right now. Not yet. You know, there's some things that need to happen first. There's an order of operations before we can actually. Light is winning, but it's not over. Right. Right. Exactly. We do have a lot of help. We have a lot of support. However, (laughs) yeah. A lot of ET, ET, benevolent ETs are helping as well. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, people are like, one of the common questions is like, how much longer? You know, it's like, holy cow. But I don't know if we're supposed to know how much longer exactly. I mean, we, we have gotten certain things as far as when is disclo- like full disclosure going to happen? When is that final battle going to happen with like Earth Alliance against Draco type reptilian, we actually, ET, malevolent ETs? We have gotten certain timelines. That can, that's oh, yeah. malleable though, because decisions that yeah. people make have an impact on that. Yeah, and we keep hearing like 2035 to 2055 is like the probable cleanup phase. Yeah. But again, that's subject to change because as we make changes in our decision tree, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that changes that that timeline a lot. And Peter talked about this actually in one of his videos he did with James Rank where he said, now that the egregory has switched to mostly positive or 50% positive, that was the sign that most of these benevolent ETs were watching for. They were waiting to see when that egregory would flip. And once it flipped, that was the flag to say, okay, humans finally got it. Now we can go and we can assist them if they are actually requesting assistance from us. It's like they tip the scales, yeah. so to speak, yeah. with the egregory. Yeah. And part of that was done because of all the star seeds that were dumped in the planet that were born here. They, they yeah. already know where they're from. They already know what energy they resonate with. They already know where their home is. It's not Earth. Yeah. But they're more than willing to help Earth out. So they basically shifted that egregory in such a way that people wanted to help other people, which made the egregory more positive. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. the work is just so vital and important yeah. because these decision trees that we're talking about and these branches, mm-hmm. they can actually really impact the certain timelines. Uh, it's just It's just vital. It, this is the way I explain it to a lot of clients and, and, and friends is that like, you know, a, a great psychic could tell you, okay, I foresee this, this, and this happening to you, but that's at that precise moment. I mean, an hour yeah. later, you could make a different decision and a whole decision tree could happen. Bingo. Choose never, 
set in stone. Yeah. Cause depending right. on your choices in the present, it's always altering what Absolutely. will happen. Yeah. Right. And there's probable futures and that's what like, even looking glass and technology is like, yeah, they're seeing a probable future based on the trajectory of where you're at right now, but that can always change based on what happens or what decisions you make. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, and like we say, things change in the fog of war. I mean, literally yeah. by the minute, by the hour, things can change. Um, you may have a plan and you might have to toss that plan because of something, yeah. because of a decision that's made. Actually, Johan, I think I remember you talking about one of your missions where was it you maybe that you made a decision that kind of that threw everything off. Was that you? Yeah, um, I like you, those. Yeah, like they had already looked at Looking Glass and saw how it was going to go, but then a decision was made that threw everything off, and then now it didn't play out that way because of that one decision. Along those same lines, I just recently saw something that was so unique to me that I had never seen up until that point. And I was um, basically visiting with a girl who I knew was a starseed, and I saw that she had been in the programs and I saw that just prior to her incarnating into this realm, she, there was a malevolent group after her chasing her. And what she did is she went through a timeline portal. She, it's almost like she was a quantum leaper and she went through this timeline portal, but before she did, she almost like she scanned the timelines. She saw a woman who she knew could, you know, would, was about to conceive she hopped into that timeline. So she knew that mother was going to have the baby, her, and she got away from this malevolent group. And the thing is, what she didn't realize is that, okay, well, everything that she was trying to get away from there, she now has to take care of it here. <laughs> so, you know, like wherever you go, there you are. So it's not like you, it's not like all of a sudden, oh, clean slate, like, voila, you know, you get everything just brand new. No, you still have, you know, these different incarnations where you still have to practice. You still have to clear, you know, you're never running away from anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like yeah. uh, the couple that tries to save their relationship by having a child, or it's like moving to the beach moving because you think that's going to it's going to change because you're living by the beach now and all your problems will melt away. No, they're, they're all <laughs> going to just get, yeah. just get yeah. into it. Well, I mean, you might enjoy your evenings yeah. a little more, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's but a, yeah it's, I totally get your point. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's mm -hmm. like, we have these whole lessons and experiences we have to go through and you cannot, like you said, you can't escape it. It's just going to show up in a different form. <laughs> If you try to outrun it and you're going to have to face it yeah, at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, like what, what you don't, you repeat what you don't repair. You know, it's that whole thing. When you don't learn your lesson, it's going to keep showing up until you learn it. So until true. you go through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a living example of that. <laughs> you know, yeah. we all, we all are, you know, in some we way, you know. Um, so guys um, help people. And, uh, understand where they can find you um, and what you guys actually do, your service, all that stuff. So you can go to our website. It is uh, J-O-D-I-A-N-D-W-I-L-L dot square dot site is the URL for our main site. At the very top, you can actually go to a scheduling link and look at and schedule it by appointment. 
or you can just buy the appointment and we'll schedule it for you, however you want to do it. Um, we, as we've said previously, we do a lot of energy work, like Reiki work. We've, we've done etheric attachment work. We've done chakra uh, balancing. Chakra balancing. We've done all kinds of stuff. And of course, some of these we would consider to be basic services. We then have some of our mid-tier services, which are more like um, people that need more in-depth work. And of course, then we have the premium tier stuff, which is more like the uh, the, the SSP information access stuff because it requires time and energy to do all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I literally have to like channel a bunch of stuff before I even get into that session. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And the thing is, is that that's where people, if they're trying to figure out how to um, work on that portion themselves, if it's there, then we can help them access that and do that. And I also do shamanic journeys. And oftentimes what shows up for people who have questions is my guides, they will give me certain information that sometimes will seem metaphorical. Sometimes it will seem literal. But what happens is if the uh, client who will interpret all that information, I'm just the messenger, the way they interpret that information, sometimes it'll be like, oh, I get it. Okay. But maybe it'll come and they'll have an aha moment in a week, two weeks, a month, you know, at six months down the road. But it's like it unfolds for them yeah. and they have those answers. The so. same thing happens in our coaching sessions. We do mm-hmm. we do coaching sessions as well. And the same thing happens there. I'll have clients who initially, as they're taking notes and they're recording stuff, they may not get it that day. But we'll have like these moments where like we get like an email like three or four days later and they're like, holy crap, you said such and such. And I just lost my mind. Yeah. Know? Or the next day, this person I ran into said this to me or, oh, I just got this book and I don't know like how I, you know, it just mm-hmm. literally almost fell off the shelf, <laughs> you know? So it's just like everything that they were supposed to tie into what we had told them did. It was just this beautiful unfolding. And we've had the most amazing like emails back from our clients and we have clients around the world and it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. So it's services with Jody and Will. And we also have a Facebook page, Instagram as well. Yeah. Yep. And uh, like I said, if you go to our Facebook page, we have the link to our actual square site in there as well. Mm-hmm. So you essentially like the premium tier, whatever you call it, you, you assist with memory retrieval in a way. So, if, yes. if, okay, that's, that's good to know. Um, yeah. because I know there's people out there looking and, and by, by the time we see you guys may next year, we're, we'll probably should already have our level two QHHT stuff already done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but that's nice. the, that's the uh, knock on wood plan. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in the middle of working on that. Um, but that is a goal that we do want because we recognize that some folks may not be comfortable with the SIA portion, the SSP information access. Maybe they want to pull it from themselves mm-hmm. to verify mm-hmm. it. And that's another way you can confirm what's being told to you is you have you have the stuff that's being shown to you by my alters, and then you do the, the, the QHHT and it comes from inside of you verifying mm-hmm. what you've actually seen or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 One thing I do want to say, because this kind of has come up a few times from our clients. So if you want to get services with us, make sure, and if you want to record, make sure that you bring some type of recording device because we are like sticklers on confidentiality, especially when it comes to information access with the programs. So if you request, hey, push that record on the Zoom, we'll do it for you. But um, we don't just automatically assume we're just going to record the session for you. 
Um, you know, sometimes maybe people just, they want strict confidentiality. So they're just going to take notes or maybe they're just going to, you know, record it on their phones because maybe they don't want us to have a copy of that, you know, right. in our, in our archives. <laughs> so we want to respect yeah. that for them. Um, cause we have had a couple emails where people are like, Oh, um, did you, you know, are we going to get that recording? And we're like, well, in our initial email, we did say to bring a recording device. Yep. But if you do want us to record, then, hey, we'll hit the record button on the Zoom. So just want to bring that up. <laughs> yes. No, that, that's cool. I mean, I, I give the people the option. You know, I I, I respect that. That's cool. Um, because this is personal stuff, you know. And for some people, it's everything. It's not something that, you know, we, we might be going through or an, an individual might be going through something that no one around them knows, not even their family or anything so it's big. It's a big deal to them. Um, you know, hopefully we all get to the point where um, we're just we're just ready to be open, because once you once you're open and you start speaking your truth, your whole life changes because everything that doesn't belong falls away and you start attracting everything that does belong, including the people. And it'll actually help you on your healing journey and you're not fighting anymore. So. Yeah. Um, any any last things you guys would like to share before we start wrapping this up? Um, first off and foremost, I would I would say if if you have the inkling that you're in the programs, start doing the research. That's the first thing I would say. Secondly, journal, 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 journal your dreams, your screen memories, everything. Journal them because what you'll notice, even in a screen memory, you'll see certain repetition patterns in the dream that may show that it's actually the screen memory or not. So journaling that stuff is very important. Uh, as, as my wife will tell you, I, I write everything either down on my phone or I write it down in a notepad that I have usually by the bed because I am just fastidious about doing that anymore because as stuff comes back to me, I, I don't keep it locked in my brain for very long because I don't want to latch onto that energy from that memory. And this is why I'm telling people, if you can just write it down, that way later on, sometime down the line, you can review it and say, well, what was that, right? He's so good at that. <laughs> date it, date it, time it, whatever you need to do, but make sure you record it. Very important. And it seems like if you write it down, you're almost getting it out of your head and making space for new stuff to come forward to heal or new memories that might you might not even have to heal from, but mm -hmm. you're creating space for new opportunities, basically. Yeah. And when you said, like, if you had an inkling, you're in the programs and start doing research. Well, what what exactly do you mean? Because where where do you go? What do you actually research if you don't actually know? Well, like in my case, right? So the the first person that I I hit again, I'm not I'm not endorsing this person at all. I'm just saying that this is what for me triggered it off uh, was Dave Wilcock and Corey Good, right? We talked about them earlier. Um, yeah. Dave and Corey. About cosmic disclosure, that was the big one for me um, because I actually have seen Corey in the programs. I know that he's real deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Secondly, I would say the second thing for me that that keyed it off was when I started seeing certain correlations. Now, again, I have issues around the way they do the TV show, which is Ancient Aliens, but there are premises in there that definitely, if you were to extrapolate those and look at under the guise of an ET species slash SSP background, a lot of stuff makes complete sense. 
because you're seeing the, some of these individuals timeline jumping and going back and restarting and rebuilding stuff, you know, further back in the timeline. And, and Peter and I have chatted about this off and on too, where some of the dates they use on the ACI website, which for those people who want to get kind of an idea, by the way, you can go to, to uh, ACIO-agency.org. And um, that's Peter's website. Um, and it basically, he breaks down a lot of these big groups, these big corporations. Understand the dates in there. This is where Peter and I have our difference of opinion, right? So Peter says that they were started at that timeline. I keep telling him, well, you're forgetting the part where they used looking glass to jump back to that portion of the timeline and take all these technicians and money and whatever with them. So this is where, again, if people knew the full scope of what they were looking at, they would be utterly shocked and amazed. Um, and not in a good way, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, there, there is a horror portion of this too, the cost of human lives and you know, the slavery aspect and you know, all this other stuff that comes up with it, right? Um, and lastly, I would say, if you're trying to do research today also, I would say um, you can check out Gaia TV, great place to look. Um, you can look at Super Soldier Talk, which is James, James Rank's channel. You can go look at Ted Alexander's videos, what used to be Quantum Red Pill Cafe, the videos I did with him. You can go to my show. <laughs> yeah. I've actually, you know, interviewed Super Soldiers on Guided. Project, so. Project Camelot, Project would, be, Camelot. would be another yep. good resource. Uh, Carrie Cassidy and some people on there, definitely. So uh, by research, you just mean like start looking into this stuff, listening to these shows, listen to Journey to the Truth podcast or whatever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I would also, you know, use spirit and your guides to actually kind of say, okay, go look here, go look here. I mean, I would spend endless nights, like sometimes doing all nighters because spirit would say, okay, go to this website. And it would then lead me to another website. Then it would lead me to another website. And I was like, literally going to people, like, I'll give you a quick example. I started uh, researching mind control and these government projects and all these sub projects. Well, I came across a man named Dr. Ross 80. Okay. He was one of the top guys who helped the CIA with mind control and basically programming assets through um, EMF waves. Okay. So spirit told me, you know, look into him. I wanted to interview him for my show, found out he had passed in like 2013. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> spirit goes, he has a son. I look and lo and behold, he had a son. Well, at the time I was living in the East Bay of San Francisco and that son happened to live not even a mile from my house. And it was just crazy. I ended up calling him. Wow. We start talking and I said, I know that you worked in your dad's lab with you know his research. I would love to interview. He's like, that's top secret. I can't tell you anything about that. Well, right then I knew this stuff was true, mm. you know? And so it's just like, your guides and you using that discernment will know like where to go. And so I just, I mean, the internet books, people, um, Dolores Cannon, I mean, you name it. I was just like this sponge and you'll, you'll get to the right things that will confirm it for you. And your spirit will be like, no, I'm going to throw that out. No. Yeah. That rings true to me. Something else I'll say too. And this is exactly. This is more so for the people who are on social media, primarily. Um, I, I am completely for joining groups of people who have a common goal of 
working through their issues and talking about their issues and trying to find some level of healing, right? What we typically see though, especially on Facebook, are these groups of people that essentially all they do is they rehash their trauma and then they wonder why they feel crappier after rehashing their trauma, right? Yeah. There's, there's no effort put into trying to, to heal that trauma at all. Take note of how you feel before and after yeah. <laughs> you do anything like that, you know? And again, I'm not... I'm not trying to bash any particular person or group. I'm not. What I am trying to say is, is that we as spiritually aware beings have to be more cognizant of where we put our energy. And that, that's, that's why you notice, like for me, for example, I, I don't involve myself in certain groups or certain social media sites because it just does not serve my energy in order to do that. So again, you know, people want to connect with us on Facebook. You can look at our services with Jody and Will page. Um, you can go to our website and get services to us there. But typically, like, for example, with your guys' events coming up in May of next year, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing that event because we feel earnestly that this shift needs to be put out into the mainstream. It needs to be, you know, kind of kicked in the ass through the door to get out in the mainstream. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, to, to give that kind of nudge or kick to kind of shove it out to the door so people in the mainstream can see it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's kind of the whole idea, the concept of the conference is I, I didn't want to just, you know, I, it's strategically put together to, like I said, build a case for this stuff. And I'm hoping that locals and people come or, and new people are drawn to this and you know, even though they've heard all the speakers talk before, there's going to be new information and, and there's energy exchanges. You meet people there. It creates a ripple effect every time there's a conference. And to the reason I even got into this stuff was because of my interest in the secret space program. So um, I know there's something there. Obviously, it resonates deeply and uh, it's a passion. So if if we can keep that going and keep that information going and make it relevant and make it mainstream, the more we do this, um, the better, you know. By the time I came out in 2017, 2018, when I started talking about this more publicly, there were already about 50 people out who had been talking about this in the mainstream, most of them completely unknown, unless you were really into ufology and studying all this stuff, right? Um, but what happened was, is that as people like, you know, James, myself, Ted, and others have started to kind of put these pieces together, what we're noticing is there is a repetition in the story. And the repetition is that we humans have had a consistent and constant interfacing with these ET species. It's happened for decades, maybe even longer than that, maybe millennia. And what we need to do is wake up to the fact that Things are not all exactly what they seem. There's a definite portrayed image being put out there to keep the masses calm. And then you have the reality. And yeah. what we're talking about with these programs is a reality. Or subdued, <laughs> right? Well, again, I'm not trying. Okay, so we, I have to be very careful about imagery and how we talk about these programs too, because if I was to talk about it the way she and I have talked about it in terms of what we remember, like the wall aspect of it. I could traumatize people just by talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's that visceral for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's not what this is about. This is about 
us giving an accurate depiction, A, of what happened, and B, how do we show people, yes, there is a light at the end of the tunnel that you can move toward and gain some level of healing once that's once you get to that light. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and also, I just want to add, you know, with my research, I know these things are true. You know, I have interfaced with skeptics of all sorts. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, I am coming from a news background. I mean, my my background is as an anchor reporter. I've worked at NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox. And now if I shared this, you know, on, on those sources, those news sources, you know, I probably, and, and I actually have said goodbye to those sources because they, they would be like, you're crazy. But the thing is, is I feel so passionately about this and know that these programs exist, that I would expose them in a heartbeat. I've even pitched them to news directors. And one of them said, sure, we'll do stories like that. You can kind of be the paranormal correspondent. Well, I got hired in Oregon and he put the kibosh on that. And I was just like, what? Are you kidding me? So I was like really upset that he did that. But of course, I felt like I was like, you know, I I felt like he gaslighted me just to get me on, you know. But the thing is, is that um, so the guy is literally going to turn into the George Knapp of Oregon, right? Right. I don't know. But it's just, you know, the thing is that I'm seeing is that the more you give yourself permission and others permission to be on board with disclosure, share their truth, it actually is coming out in the mainstream. I mean, you hear stuff on Fox, you hear stuff on pretty much all of the mainstream networks about UFOs, about yeah. Exactly. UAPs. Right, right. So there is soft disclosure coming out, even with that huge report that came out. Sure, they're not sharing everything, but it's a start. Mm-hmm. And I would say this, too, by the way, just as a side note to this. Um, you, we were talking earlier about this idea of people looking at the, the media, people looking at other sources to try to find information about this stuff. Again, if you're journaling this stuff and you're writing this stuff down, find out what jives with you first, right? Because again, we talk about this idea of confirmation, right? Self, self-confirmation is one thing, but when you have an outside source that says, oh yeah, by the way, what you actually saw was what you saw and it's the truth, that's a whole other bailiwick. So that's why I keep telling people, it's, it's one thing to say, this is my story, it's true. It's another thing to have an outside source saying that, right? A confirmed outside source, someone who has no skin in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's where that's where having people who can help you through that process can, can kind, of, kind of walk you through this. And you know, Jody and I, we're doing the walk. So that's why we're doing this. That's why we're, that's why we have a business centered around this because our idea is, is that, no one's really helping this community at all. Everyone's looking at these people in this community as being outcasts and they're crazy and the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists. You know, Tony Rodriguez, a friend of mine, he said he said it the best. He said, he said, okay, if, if they're tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists, just give them a month and they'll be they'll be normal people after that. They'll be in the mainstream news and they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's exactly the truth. That's that's the rate at which we're going at right now. So it pretty much is. But that's why we're doing what we do is because we know that at some point when this stuff comes out in the mainstream, there will be people who will be like about freaking time and they'll, they want help. And that's why we appreciate you guys so much, too, is, yeah. you know, getting this out here and, you know, across the airwaves. And it's just it's awesome. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't come without a price. The amount of ridicule we've been getting lately, um, we, you know, we we yeah. push the boundaries with information a lot of times, and um, we don't challenge. If somebody comes on the show and they're sharing something, sometimes we don't challenge that. We we give them a we give them a stage. If we and we let them share their experience, because who are we to say it's true or not? Everybody who's listening can feel into that themselves. Um, but what they try and do is tie us to that information. And then they think like, you know, there's no way if you think about it, like people get angry, but there's no way that we could believe, share the same beliefs with every single guest we've ever had. Right. Right. Just- now we try to have on people. We try to have on people that we know generally their information. We agree and we agree with it and we're trying to get, but that doesn't mean every single thing they believe and say, it's going to be lined up with, you know, our own and that we're, because we have them on the show, every single thing they say we're promoting, you know, which a lot of people just assume. And that's what we have to like make a disclaimer there. Exactly. And that's but, what I'm trying um, to do. But generally, yeah, we, we, we generally do. Yeah. If, I mean, if there's like too big of a thing that somebody is pushing or believes, then we, we would try to stay, you know, we don't want that getting out there, but if it's more minor stuff, then yeah. You know, uh, but then, yeah, you get a lot of people like, I can't believe you're having this guy and they're saying this and you know, everyone has their own like flags of truth that they, if you, if you say something against that, you know, we get the flat earthers attack us, you know, we get all kinds of stuff right. like that. All the time. Yeah. And what it is, 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 is also, um, I think some people are, their belief systems are being threatened when they hear this information yeah. and sometimes, oh, yeah. and, and, or it doesn't fit a narrative that, eight other people are pushing they're all all the you know all these other people they follow are pushing this narrative and then this other guy comes out of out of left field with this information that contradicts it that's what happened with me that's what happened with me when i first came out with james's show um when i first came out with my testimony you guys probably remember watching videos i'm sure uh i came out i talked about my testimony i said this is what i believe this is what i've been through over time, I've released more information because I felt that the the ground was fertile enough, metaphorically speaking, to plant those seeds of information so people could kind of do their own research and say whether or not I'm crazy or not. Um, and over time, people have said, you know what, there's all these other people that have said the exact same thing you said, maybe a little differently, but it is the exact same thing, generically speaking. So... This is where, again, you have outside confirmation showing what you're saying is the truth is repeated over and over and over again. Yeah. That's, again, a whole other bailiwick. And yeah. we, we get those too. Like, you know, Jody and I, we've had, we've had some individuals who we could name by name who they love to email us and call us and be like, you guys are such frauds. You blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, you know, I just. Well. Like, really, this is how you spend your evenings, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The big, the big thing now is people think that we're compromised because we still have a YouTube channel. There's no yeah, way. There's no way we're telling the truth if we still have a channel because they would have taken us down. We, you know, we're ble- we're counting our blessings. We don't know why we haven't been taken down. You know, thank God. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Linktree, Spotify, all deleted. So yeah, wow. you know we've. <laughs> His stuff taken down. Just not. You know, I I think the thing is, is that if you allow things to polarize you, anything can polarize people. I mean, any anything can polarize society, humanity, if we allow it. I mean, 
I think other people's fears can actually polarize. I mean, in families, in relationships, in humanity. And, and that's the thing. I love the fact that you guys allow diversity of thought, because if you think about it, I mean, to your point, yes, people have discernment so they can say, okay, that resonates with me. Nope, that doesn't. But if you think about it, okay, say there's even these flat earthers that you may or may not agree with somebody who disagrees with that theory, that theory actually could even strengthen their own theory, even though they believe something different. So you never know the nuances that you can take away from even somebody you disagree with, because I just, I just feel like every story is unique. Every belief could be, um, you know, taken in a way that strengthens you. If you allow it, if you allow your heart to be open and not just be like, Oh, forget them. I'm closing them out of, you know, just everything. So this one thing I don't agree with, so I'm just going to shut out. Yeah. Right. Maybe out with the bathwater type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it comes down, it comes down to with like, we have to remain open-minded too. This is, our name is perfect journey to truth. It's not the truth as we see it. If we, (laughs) you know, if we were just putting out like one narrative that we knew like our fans like agreed with what what's the point yeah we, that's you know, such a good point Tyler. We're, we're on the journey as well that's what people like it's right. not yeah. saying we have it all yeah. figured out <laughs> exactly we're on journey. yeah, yeah. Aaron and tyler yeah. i love that i think that's beautiful yeah right. absolutely thank you yeah so with that guys come to our conference buy a ticket come hang out with us next may it's going to be a lot of fun um, I can't wait. Um, tickets are now available. Uh, the link is below. We'll have Johan and Jody's links below as well. And um, also we'll put um, Peter the Insider's website below if people want to check that out. Yep. Uh, any Anything we can provide for you guys to further your research. Um, find them on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, book a session with them. We'll have those links all below. Uh, don't forget, um, if you're looking for some new CBD to try, uh, you get 10% off with promo code Journey to Truth 10, Hopewell Farm. Uh, it's some really great stuff, has just about as much THC as legally possible, but it's really great stuff. Um, I found that it's saving my dog. My dog has seizures now, and thank God I had some of that stuff around because um, it works great for that. Yeah, it stops. It stops the... Yeah, Maya. Yeah, it stops the seizures on the spots. And I mean, any CBD, any CBD will do that. But um, it's just great stuff to have around. And then um, what else? Oh, Teespring merchandise, um, 15% off all of our Teespring merch promo code CGI Joe. And we do have a new T-shirt on there, which is yeah, yeah he, he's wearing the William Tompkins T-shirt. Yep. But we have a T-shirt to go with our conference. Um, that's on there now also. So um, that's available. And that t-shirt is available through our website, secret, secretspaceconference.info. Um, and you can get that there. You can get a ticket there. I think I've said everything I need to say. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Telegram. Um, if you guys want to catch us on social media, we're also on Rumble, Apple Podcast, Podbean, or uh, Stitcher, Foxhole. Um bit shoot there's a whole list of them so um if you're not if you're not following us or if something happens to this channel you know where else you can follow us uh that being said thank you guys so much again this was a this was a lot of fun we covered everything i feel like we could talk for two more hours but um 
Yeah. Amazing. It was really great. Thank you. Um, I think with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Good night, everybody. Thank you all for the donations. Thank you for um, supporting us through everything we're doing. Um, uh, We really appreciate it and can't say it enough. So have a great evening and we will see you next time. Good night.